Welcome to Young Gun, a podcast about Bryce Young and the Carolina Panthers. I am Demetri Ravanas, a Bama grad. She is Lauren Brownlow, the biggest Panthers fan I know. And we are still on this very exhausting journey of following the team season uh, with a microscope on its new franchise quarterback. Uh, Lauren, we are in week one of the post-Reich era. Um, and I know, I know the rain played a factor, but like, seems a lot like the Reich era, doesn't it? Yeah, no, I'm, I'm hearing, I got you, babe, for like the millionth time (laughs) and I'm breaking the alarm clock. Actually, I haven't broke the alarm clock breaking would feel great. I feel like if I could just pound out an alarm clock. Uh, I need to know who in this scenario is your dead Ryerson. Uh, oh man. That's a good question. Uh, man, so many people, so many possibilities for, for Ned, I feel like. I, I know we'll probably not see them in Carolina again this season, but I feel like it is Kevin Burkhart and Greg Olson that I just sort of want to have that. And I know this is combining uh, Groundhog Day and my cousin Vinny, but that sort of flying punch at uh, whatever uh, they acknowledge themselves. So, listen, I like Greg. Greg's a nice guy. Kevin's a nice guy. Uh, but it did feel like a little piled on when they were here uh, for the Cowboys game. I mean, at the same time, like they didn't say, like I couldn't detect any lies. <laughs> anything they said, you know, if anything, I feel like Greg was trying to find yeah. positives, but he's also trying to be true to himself. He's not going to just be a homer, yeah. you know. Uh, we'll we'll dive into what happens going forward as well as the Buccaneers game in just a moment. First, though, I've got to tell you about our friends at Graffiti 158 East Cedar Street in downtown Cary. Support them because they support us. And I, I want to tell you a story about this Sunday. I went to watch football, not at Graffiti, Lauren. I, I went somewhere else, right? And before... The games began. My son and I wanted to watch the college football playoff selection, right? And so I asked the person, the 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 um, hostess at this place, could you put one of the TVs on ESPN? And this place is a chain, right? And I was told, no, we can't because the TVs are controlled by corporate. We do not have permission to change the TVs. Nonsense. Poor customer service. No games were even on at that point. I'd say this to tell you, this is not a problem you're going to run into at Graffiti. Plenty of TVs, plenty of people with the autonomy to make their own decisions and help you out. 19 TVs, check out all the action next Sunday at Graffiti. Plus, uh, if you run into a scenario, and I don't think you will, where they cannot get your game on the TV, go throw Raxes, right? Go enjoy some high-end libations. They always have the whiskey pour, or excuse me, the bourbon pour specials available every Sunday. You know it by now. Blanton's is $10. Eagle Rare, Angel's Envy, both $9. McKenna 10-year, Heaven Hill 7-year, and Buffalo Trace, all for $8 a pour, plus weekly prizes and weekly beer specials as well. It's where we like to watch football. It's where we hope you like to watch football. Check out Graffiti, 158 East Cedar Street in downtown Cary. Uh, Lauren, was Bryce too short this week? I mean, I don't know that like in the game that was the case, but I just, I feel like, and I'm trying really hard not to, and maybe I am being gaslit into this. Like maybe I am by everyone saying he's so short, but he just, maybe it's his boyish face, Mm. you know? And his or his like smaller physique. He has, time- he, he has the rare quality 
and a lot of people have this. This is not just Bryce, but it is a a very specific quality of somehow your face, a mustache makes you look even more like a baby. Right. It's like he's wearing a disguise <laughs> yes. or like a costume, you know, it's, it's like Vincent Adultman. That's right. We're going to find out Bryce Young has four children in shoulder pads on each other's shoulders. It'd be even more impressive, to be honest. For sure. Like those four children, what a Heisman working at Gotzerk. Exactly. (laughs) Uh, I will say this week, uh, his shortness may have been um, an advantage. The rain got to him last out of everybody else on the field. (laughs) I think the rain covered up a lot of figuring out what exactly it is it was going on. I, I will say this. Um, I think this week, and maybe this is because the broadcast team actually was really laying in to the other Panthers, but like, I really felt like this week, there was a real focus on the general incompetence around Bryce makes it very hard to tell what Bryce is or has been even to this point. Yeah. And I don't, I don't recall this particular crew having done a game of the Panthers before. And so I think, I think this is a crew. So I read this, uh, I read this over the weekend. This is a crew that only works at least together on weeks where they give Tony Romo and Jim Nance the week off. So it, it like, they might do three games a year. Oh, is that good? <laughs> well, I mean, look, everyone's getting out there, getting some fresh air. Well, but I think, I, I think maybe there was a part of them that was curious about like, sure. okay, what's, what, what's he, what's he dealing with? You know, how's he progressing or not? And so I think maybe some of it was kind of jarring for them because they're, you know, you want to look at a play as it develops and see, okay, who's at fault here for not being able to make the play? Is it the O-line? Is it the court? Does the, and, and, you know, they called him out sometimes for getting rid of it, sometimes fairly, in my mm-hmm. opinion or for not getting rid of it faster, sometimes fairly, in my opinion, sometimes not as fairly. But, you know, that's been every week. I feel like that there have been a few of those where the, the announcers have made that point. But, I mean, for the most part, there's a lot of focus on the fact that these receivers aren't getting separation. We we actually saw that the past, this past week. I sent you that graphic yep. uh, from uh, of, an, of a stat, like an advanced stat, where, like, Bryce Young has the highest completion percentage throwing to open windows, but the fewest – Throwing two open windows. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Uh, so Jay Feely was one of two analysts on this game. Jay Feely, former Pro Bowl kicker, current uh, writer of adventure novels, where a uh, Pro Bowl kicker also has to save the world from the Russians. Second most successful former kicker? After? McAfee, I guess. Consider a punter. Oh, uh, I, would say, I would say third, because you've got to throw Pat Summerall in there. Oh, right. I Well, you know. Of a certain, like the kids. Sure, I was about to say, very, very old. I understand. I understand. But Feely made, Feely actually pointed this out multiple times on the broadcast. And, and you and I have talked about this all year. This is a receiving core that does not scare anybody. And Feely was pointed out like every time on, I, I believe. It scares their me, first but drive. not in a good way. Exactly. I think it was on the very first drive uh, for the Panthers, or at least it was the first drive after the Buccaneers yeah. touchdown where he was pointing out, look, these DBs are not threatened and they are jumping every single route. Yep. It's, it's a miracle. Start. Yeah. This was, this was Feely's point is it's a miracle. Bryce has not thrown more interceptions, frankly, with this receiving core. Right. Because I mean, like the DBs don't have to respect anything deep. Cause why would they? And, right. you know, and the Panthers aren't going deep too. So it's a combination as we've said all year. And you, and you did get a sense that they understood that on the broadcast. It was a combination of a lot of, different things, even if they didn't call out some of the play calling quite as much. That's And and look, I, I mean, we'll get into this a little bit more later in the show, but this is one of the things where I thought, okay, 
I do wonder what the rain did to change up what the play calling is because not just one, but two 30 plus yard passes this week uh, from Bryce Young. Whereas we've probably seen two all season at this point. Wow. Yeah. So I was there's, like, yeah, yeah. Like, so Chris tired. Tabor at least wants to go down swinging, right? Well, I mean, I would hope so. Like that's the other thing too. And it's like <laughs> when they have like fourth down situations, sometimes not even late in games. I'm just like, why are you not going for it? Yeah. Well, who cares? <laughs> what are you going to do? Lose another one? Right. Right. Well, <laughs> I mean, I think it can be assumed that yes, you are. And I, I, I am surprised that that feeling of what are you going to do? Lose another? Like Frank Reich never seemed to embrace how freeing that can be for him. Of course. That's the thing that I feel like that maybe even the players are missing some of that too, because you still see, this, I mean, I, although technically it took until this week for the Panthers to be out, right. which did okay. You know what? I don't remember who you sent me that tweet from, but that was hate speech. It, okay? it was it was from ESPN, like it was from ES big ESPN account. And do you know well, the by Panthers the way, Panthers are still alive for the. Shut up. Please. Do you know by the way, I I read this uh this morning. Do you know why they are eliminated from playoff contention now? It's not because they lost, is it? It's not just because they lost. It is because they lost and the Falcons are on top of the division and there's no way they could overtake the Falcons. Not in record, but if there was a tiebreaker, there's no way they could. If it comes down to a tiebreaker, they cannot overtake the the Falcons. So technically, they could still try to win this division. Something often said about the Falcons, for sure. (laughs) If it comes down to the tiebreaker. (laughs) To be fair, the Panthers, I was going to say, like, of the teams that managed to find ways to lose games to the Falcons, the Panthers are one of them. One That's, of uh, yes, that is. Uh, they. It's almost like there are, should be just a generic Panthers jersey hung in the rafters of Mercedes-Benz Stadium for all that they have contributed to that franchise. Whoever was guarding Julio Jones all those years. <laughs> uh, we have something cool happening uh, right now. It is the OG Media Brand Survey. What we are asking you to do is to help us shape the future of this brand us uh young gun obviously obvious and Gilio, law of the wolf 919 vice picks and pizza there are uh so many shows under this banner and we want to do more but that doesn't just mean more new shows there's all kinds of cool stuff we want to do in 2024 but we want to make sure that these big ideas we have are things you would support so go to ogtrianglemedia.com. Just go to the website and the survey starts immediately. Uh, Less than 25 questions. We do ask you to do a little bit of thinking, but the idea here is help us help you figure out the best way to entertain you as we continue to grow this, um, I don't know, you couldn't call it an empire, this fiefdom, if you will, in the sports media landscape. (laughs) Lauren, every now and then, we jump into a report and given as dysfunctional as this team has been both in the front office and on the field this year, there has been an overwhelming, this is the sign of a really bad season, right? There has been an overwhelming number of uh, anonymous sourced reports about what is wrong with this team. And this week it is the athletic. Including with some very literary language as we've seen at times. (laughs) Yes, yes, indeed. Raging Uh, Tempest Divider. Uh, This week, it is Diana Rossini of The Athletic who reports that it was week five, the first time that the offensive coaching staff suggested that it would be better to bench Bryce Young 
rather than play him in situations that he is not prepared for. Uh, Rusini points out that the Panthers as an organization still believe that Bryce has a very high ceiling and can be a great quarterback in this league. But the uh, coaching staff believed that at that point, he was not caught up enough that playing would actually be good for him. Uh, this is something you and I, I think, came around too much later. That like things are so dysfunctional. This is only setting right. the guy back. But the reasoning is a little different. I was gonna say, like yeah. that makes it seem as if there's like complicated things happening within this <laughs> offense that he, he, you know what I mean. At least that's how I hear it. That yeah. like he can't seem to grasp. And oh, he just needs time to catch up to the things we're trying to do on offense. Really? Because what? Gonna... <laughs> like what were you trying to do? I'm going to bring back something you and I disagreed about early on, but I, I think you've started to to come around to my point of view on this. This report, like, 1,000% confirms he was not really hurt in week three, right? Like, oh, well, we know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, like, this 1,000% confirms, like, this was the only way that Frank Wright could put him on the bench in week three. Yes, yes. And they wanted to give him a bit of a break because things had started off so poorly, and I think they were probably worried about his, like, mental health, to be yeah. honest with you. Not, like... As in, like, he's going to have a breakdown or anything, but more in the sense of, like, this is going to break him. And that's something that I think I've been – that's been a big concern for me because, you know, it's just human nature at a certain point when, like, there's nothing – it's it's hard if there's very little that you have within your control to make the offense be successful. There's some things he does, obviously, but a lot has to go right from other people that just isn't. Yeah, he's he's only before this season has only ever been on one of the handful of best teams in the country at whatever level it is he is playing on. And so obviously coming to a team that's not that that certainly takes a toll on you. I think the other thing that probably takes a toll on a guy in his rookie season in the NFL is the number of times whatever network is covering his game do the close up on him clearly showing some frustration in his face. Like he he has built up this reputation of being a very collected, very calm guy. And he can't hide that as well this year. And you know, I, I wonder if there is a little bit again, I go back to one of the very early episodes of the midweek talk through with Sean Salisbury. There is a steep learning curve for guys that this has always come easy to, and now suddenly it doesn't. Yeah, I mean, I think that's true. But and then also, it's just like, if you don't have trust in mm -hmm. what's around you as a quarterback, and if you don't have the physical ability, which I think we both agree that he doesn't, to offset that yourself, yeah. then you just start to feel like there's nothing that you can do. And then you start developing some bad habits. We've been lamenting this over and over again, I feel like mm. week after week, uh, you know, obviously he's played better than others. I thought, and that's what's frustrating too. I think probably for me and for him is like last week, I thought he showed a lot of positive signs of progress, even in a loss, you know, but then this week it just felt like not a regression quite, but definitely not like a carryover of that progress necessarily either. And so, you know, I mean, it, it's hard because you can't get anything going, whether it's on a drive, yeah. Or just in the season, there's no positive momentum that can build because anytime anything good happens to this football team, they set it on fire. <laughs> I heard this uh, not only from you, but also from Joe Ovis and from a lot of listeners that last week's edition of the midweek talk with Mike Florio, like it was it was pretty clear that some of Mike's sourcing was either Frank Reich directly or somebody around Frank Reich. Like a lot of what Florio had to say felt like very 
friendly to Frank Reich's view of that situation, right? And you and I have talked privately about the report about uh, about the, the the Panthers asking Reich to work in some RPO plays that, yeah, we kind of know based on who the reporter is, that probably comes from Tepper. Was it a raging uh, Tempest of Ire that asked it, him? Uh, <laughs> no, I mean, I, I would imagine that he uh, getting to get his point of view out there made him a serene meadow of um, introspection and calmness. Right. The Very opposite Emerson. of a raging tempest of big, big Emerson energy, right? There. Yes. There <laughs> yes, indeed. Uh, I do think Diana Rossini's report here feels very much like at least some of the wording came from Tepper or Fitterer or somebody high up in the Panthers organization. This insistence that we still believe the ceiling is very high and there's a lot we can do with Bryce. And look, I, I agree with that. I think there is still a lot you could do with Bryce if you stop the bleeding quickly, but I totally understand why it's a tough sell for Panthers fans based on what they've seen so far. Yeah. I mean, I think like the more concerning part to me in, in what Florio reported as well is like, there seems to be this implication almost that actually the problem is Bryce yeah. and that no one wants to coach him, which to me, I mean, listen, I know the NFL media in particular of all sports medias likes to really sell you hard on a pack of lies, like, <laughs> just, just like a, a bunch of BS. Right. Yeah. But, but like, this is particularly like, I'm sorry, the, I mean, I know, again, draft talk is what it is. You know, it can be, there's no way to confirm a lot of the rumors that you hear or if they're real or why they're even being put out there. But the talk all was that everybody had Bryce Young, like a lot of teams, most teams had Bryce yeah. Young high on their boards. Okay. And, and see, I, I think that your point that you just made is what a lot of, what I think Frank Reich or, or anybody around this coaching staff is falling back on. Like, I think most fans that are big enough fans to listen to a show like this one are now pretty savvy about what draft talk is. It's a lot of positioning. It's a lot of bluffing, trying to get your opponent to act. And so this idea that, look, only one team had to take Bryce. Everybody else has plausible deniability that can say, right. oh, well, you know, we were we were positioning it. I would not be surprised if that is what the coaching staff or at least the coaches that have now been let go are falling back on hoping sells this story. Now, if you want to say that it's really, and maybe this is really more of what Florio meant. Like if you want to say that it's sort of a combination of like you having to do the work to bring Bryce up right. combined with the roster as currently constructed combined with an incredibly impatient and involved owner. Yeah. Okay. I hear you. Right. Yeah. But like, I think, you know, the, the implication that like no one wants to coach Bryce just seemed silly to me. I'm like, I think plenty of it seemed as if plenty of people wanted to coach him literally less than a year ago. So I don't <laughs> right. like, please don't lie to me again. Yeah. Like Bryce really had a high ankle sprain. Like, I, guess, I mean, that wasn't NFL media, but still. Like, yeah. no one talked enough about the fact that that was a blatant lie. You know, I, I was about to say, Lord, I would argue that it was it was only local media and it was only well after the fact that began to question, like, what do you mean high ankle sprain? Like how can Bri remember Bryce said he didn't know he was hurt. Like it was only well after the fact that people on the ground reporting every day were the first ones to say, hang on, what are you talking about? So like, I, I don't, I don't know you that don't I let them off well. the hook. Yeah. <laughs> agreed. God. Uh, the midweek talk through, which I mentioned earlier, new episodes drop each and every Thursday, me and some 
sort of football expert, talk about the week that was and what lies ahead. Uh, be sure and join us Thursdays, wherever you're getting this podcast, you will find the midweek talk through. Before we go uh, any further talking about the team, Lauren, um, you and I exchanged a private text during the game on Sunday uh, regarding Dave Tepper. Um, I said that his wife looked like she was dressed to go caroling after the game, and I stand by it. She did. Or, or uh, churned butter, perhaps, once I saw the outfit. <laughs> it, was, it was a very, like, whatever company made that blouse, and it was certainly a blouse, it began with yield, I'm guessing. That's that is kind of like in fashion now to defend her. Sure, no, no, I, I don't I, I know. I don't get it personally. Like the prairie look, yeah. Uh, you know, Laura Ingalls Wilder chic ain't for me. But right. you know, <laughs> people are really into that these days. I'm just like, this isn't. This doesn't seem flattering. But but go off. There's no part of you that wants to dress like Joe just died. No, definitely. Isn't not. that the little woman that died? Uh, I think so. Okay. I haven't, I haven't read, read or I haven't seen the uh, Greta Gerwig's version yet. So. <laughs> okay, uh, Mrs. Tepper aside, the text that Lauren and I exchanged was actually about Dave Tepper, in which she said, and I'm outing you here, Lauren, uh, does he know that shirts come in other sizes? And I'm bringing this up because as a fellow fat bald, I think someone needs to tell Dave Tepper that white is tricky for us White polo shirts are never our friend. Right. And and I mean, listen, they're not most people's, you know? Right. I mean, I have like lost a lot of weight recently and I could not wear a white tight shirt that's tight in the belly either. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, you know, I've had a baby. That's why. So Yeah. And, and, and that's exactly what it is, is polo shirts, particularly the ones that the NFL wants you to pay $85 for, are all that tech material for... They're you know, all for made all... for, like, linebackers and quarterbacks. <laughs> right. You know, and quarterbacks, because everything is made for quarterbacks. In, in and the they're NFL. also they're also made for the guy that has no qualms about dropping $95 on a shirt he's only going to wear to play golf in. Those are not made for people like me and Dave Tepper to wear outside of our own homes. Or men that are comfortable showing their nipples. Sure. Well, you know, I'm very comfortable showing my nipples. I, I do know that, yeah. <laughs> uh, what were your thoughts on the defense overall this week? We saw J.C. Horn uh, back, who was, he was very active. Like, I did not know how actually involved he was going to be, but he made some solid open field tackles, had one pass breakup. Certainly uh, Marquise Haynes had a hell of a game in a losing effort, which, you know, obviously we're saying every week, but I do feel like it's important to point out when these guys on the defensive side of the ball are having great games, because God knows it has to be tough to be them right now. I'm a little mixed on the defense this week. I think in part because of the fact that like, it's not like the Bucks' offense is a juggernaut and right. they, you know, more, more off, far too often for my liking, it, we're able to kind of get what they needed to get, including, you know, and, and they, the, and the, and the defense made some disappointing plays like, you know, Brian Burns getting ejected. That was, mm. I didn't love that. And then I, also, I, I yeah, want to be ahead. fair to him. Like I, I, in watching that replay today, before we sat down to record, 
it was a, I don't know that I would have ejected him. It was a little, it's certainly a personal foul for sure, but it was a little ticky tack to see an ejection. That being said, I, I don't know that it made a difference with, with the way that the Panthers were playing overall. No, but if you're trying to make a case for this franchise to keep you and continue to build around, like, it's just not the type of thing you should probably yeah. be doing right now. In my opinion, and like, I get that they're frustrated and we've seen that, like we've seen silly personal fouls. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're, they're, they gave up touchdown drive. What was it last week or two weeks ago? Like literally on personal foul penalties. Right. Basically. Right. Like, and that, and I get that they're frustrated, but that's not, that's not, that's not the way, you know, it's just not, it was two weeks ago, I think it, it was in, to Dallas and it's not the way. It, it's interesting. I wonder what lingering effect this is going to have on Ejiro Evero, who still has a very glowing reputation around the league, but there is a total lack of discipline on that side of the ball. And I don't blame him exclusively right. for it. No. But clearly the the message of, you know, we cannot afford to beat ourselves, we cannot afford to make it even harder for this offense has not gotten through to the defensive side of the ball. Yeah, and then there's the whole play, you know, where after the Panthers score a touchdown to take the lead, uh, was it the third quarter, I think? Yeah. They, uh, literally, you know, and immediately whenever something good happens to the Panthers now, I'm so broken <laughs> that I go – that I'm like, oh, what fresh hell awaits now? What will what will the football god smite us with yeah. to punish us for this boon of success? <laughs> uh, and apparently, this one was a touchdown on the first play, right. Mike Evans. And yeah. I'm like, like just no, no, no. Evans, look, the Panthers and particularly the 2023 Panthers are not the only team to be victimized by Mike Evans having a day, but like, good Lord, they let Mike Evans have a day. Like, and and I, I bring that up only because he put up what over 160 yards receiving all of it, largely unspectacular. All of it looked like he could do whatever he wanted in that game. There was one exception. There was a, there was one pass that at least one that Baker Mayfield threw very high and over the yes. middle that I literally <laughs> wondered, is he trying to kill him? Yeah. I mean, look, that's one of those like the um, uh, Alshon Jeffrey used to do this a lot when he was with the Bears before he even uh, went over to the Eagles. And he did this in college, too, where it's like. You know what? You don't have to be skilled. I'm six four. I'll take care of it. Like that's that's what I know. What play you're talking about with Evans? That's exactly what that looked like. Yeah, I mean, there is some of that, but it's also like, dude, uh, you know, am I jumping up for that if I'm Mike Evans? <laughs> exactly. Nope. <laughs> nope. But that's why I'm not Mike Evans. To be yeah. fair. Don't forget, every Tuesday night, you can watch us on Origin Sports TV. You have it. You just may not know it. It is one of those channels on the fast TV services. Zumo, Roku, Amazon Freebie, uh, Samsung TV+. Plus. We are on all of those services. The channel is Origin Sports TV, and every Tuesday night, you can watch Young Gun. Please take the time to do it. We would love to be back on with them uh, next season. Hell, given the way things are going with the Panthers, we just hope they keep us through the end of the NFL season. Origin Sports TV each and every Tuesday night at 7 p.m. Uh, all right, I guess probably through the end of the year, Lauren, we're going to be talking a little bit about the coaching search at, at the end of each episode. I wanted to know if you saw what Frank Smith, the Miami Dolphins offensive coordinator, had to say about being brought up in rumors as the next Panthers head coach. Slightly afraid, but go on. Okay. It's a mixed bag. When asked about it, he did start weeping. Now. (laughs) Oh, relatable king. 
<laughs> now, it was tears of joy and overwhelmed happiness, but given all we've gone through this season, I can understand why the idea of having to work for Dave Tepper and the Carolina Panthers is enough to make a man cry. I was going to say, I mean, I, I think it was, you know, it, I, I think like it would probably be more the former than the latter. Because I, I'm like, going gonna, gonna to read you his quote. This is what he said. He was asked, uh, is it flat? Basically, the, the gist of the question was, is it flattering or distracting to be brought up in those kind of conversations? And he said, quote, it's not flattering. It's more humbling. So, you know, I remember why I got into coaching. It's like when all that stuff comes up, it's pretty cool. But the minute you worry about your goals and where you want to go, you forget, like for me, how lucky I am to be here today. All this stuff is really cool. I truly enjoy being here every day. And that's the cool part of it. I'm just a walk on from Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Every day of my life, I remember that. So these things are pretty cool, but it's not going to affect me today. Is it bad that I heard walk on from Milwaukee, Wisconsin and thought to myself, not interested. <laughs> I'm gonna need you to walk. Bad? I'm gonna need you to walk that out. Is it the walk-on part or the Milwaukee part? Just all of it. Yeah. Okay. Combined. I just that was my immediate reaction. Was like, oh, I, I <laughs> a, a friend who is a Panthers fan on the level that that you are more than I am, uh, texted me when that video started going around the internet and said, "Don't know anything about this guy, but." If they're looking at the Dolphins offense, that is that is very encouraging. And I would say yes, but again, I go back to what I said when we were talking about Eric Bieniemy. I believe this guy can do the job. It's not like he does nothing for that great offense, but anytime you work for a coach who is calling plays on the side of the ball you work on, I think it is always fair to wonder how much are you there or how much are is that success about you and how much of it is about you being in the right place at the right time. You know, I've always liked the enemy a lot. Yeah, I do too. And I have always felt like he should have already had a job because we continue to give coaches jobs that we know are bad. Right. right. <laughs> Why not guess and see if one's good? Yes. This is that's NFL logic for you. It's like, well, he doesn't have any experience. Well, his experience is bad. Doesn't matter. Like, <laughs> you know. But, I, mean, I mean, it was that was literally how we chose a coach for this team last year. I know. I remember. <laughs> yeah. No, but it's like I, I think. Like, even with Bienemy, I mean, obviously there are other factors in play with Kansas City as well, but, like, even looking at their offense without him is, you know, enough of a feather, a little bit of yeah, a feather, yeah, you would think. But, I mean, you know, I don't know. I, it's hard to know how much involvement anyone has because NFL teams usually only tell you what they want to tell you and, yeah. you know, players are going to look out for their guys and stuff like that. So, I mean, you know, if we can trust anyone to vet – the process to vet these candidates fully and really know what's going on behind the scenes and the X's and O's of it all. It's going to be David Tepper. I feel like I, I was texting with somebody who is a NFL reporter on a national network uh, this week. And I said, I don't, I guess I get it. If it's going bad, it's going bad. You move on. Um, but you know, what, what advantage is there to firing Frank Reich? Right now, and this person texted me back, well, Dave Tepper can get a jump on the coaching search. He okay. has a better chance. Wait a minute. But I'll, I'll, I'll fill this in here in just a second. The person said he has a better chance of getting the person he wants if he can get to them first because it is a tough situation. To which I pointed out, he can't, though. 
because the NFL rules say until a team is done with their season, you cannot talk to the assistants about head coach openings. Do we think that that's kind of like the college football one, though, where it's like uh, you can't talk to them, but you can okay. talk. You know what so, I mean? I don't so know. I think it's got a little more teeth. I think it's spirit. Okay. Yes, it is like the college football one, but teams have been penalized for reaching out or making contact too soon. In the past. And the penalty that would be is... the most Panther shit of all time. <laughs> well, Lauren, I'm going to give you something even more Panther shit. Because I want you to think... I Just tell me who comes to mind when I say this. Okay. The person said they can get a jump on who they're going after if who they're going after has a month to wait to play their next game. No. Oh, oh God. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Why, why, uh, Harbaugh, why? Carolina Panthers legend Jim Harbaugh, welcome home. Oh, my God. I'm, I still think about him. This is so bad. Whatever. <laughs> I still think about him standing on the on the 49ers sideline with those stupid slaps and being <laughs> so filled with rage during that playoff game. I, <laughs> like, I, that's so the I, mental image seared into my brain. I was talking to uh, my old boss this weekend who used to work in San Francisco, and he was working there when Harbaugh turned uh, Stanford from not a laughingstock into something legitimate and when he got the 49ers to a Super Bowl, right? Long history um, watching Jim Harbaugh coach teams. And he uh, joked to me that it is going to be great to see the NCAA have to present Jim Harbaugh a trophy at the end of the year. To which I retorted, like, there is no way you can convince me, and this is not just about being an Alabama alum, this is about having eyeballs. There is no way you can convince me Michigan is even going to realize they have a game on January 1st. And that is my number one objection to Jim Harbaugh as a coach of, of anything. These last two years, his team has had such a level of arrogance about what they accomplished in the regular season that they didn't even try in the playoffs. How do you have that much more talent than TCU have their signals and still get your ass ran over? That's going to be what happens if the Carolina Panthers hire him. Well, I mean, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, like, and, and again, I was, this reporter I was talking to, pure speculation. Like she said that she was not working on any information. That is just her thought of maybe no, I that's have that what thought it too. And yeah. you know why? Because here's the problem. The dude that's making the hiring decision is basically like the dude at the tailgate. Yeah. That has like casual and every sports media person that I know knows this this person or you know that wants to talk to you about sports when they find out you're in sports media and they throw out a bunch of like shitty sports opinions and you're just <laughs> you just go oh yeah good yeah. point yeah mm, maybe don't know <laughs> yeah that, and, and like, that is who is making the hiring decisions <laughs> because they're like you know what you know who's done a great job Jim Harbaugh you know we we should we should look into that that's what you know it's like that's that's like the Matt Rule logic similar although to yeah. be fair to Tepper he wasn't the only one on that train I, was about to say, I did like, not understand at the top I, I think we could look back now and even the patience with Matt Rule I think you could chalk up to he wanted to prove he was smarter than the Maras yeah. who own the New York Giants right he got yes. the guy they wanted and he was going to make this work I don't know who at this stage wants Jim Harbaugh I know he's interviewed for other jobs but you notice he's never been offered another job in the NFL, I mean. Yeah, no, that's true. I mean, yeah, I, it's a possibility, I guess. But, like, I hope for both of our sakes, quite frankly, that it doesn't happen. 
Yes, Honestly, agreed. he's better off there. We're better off. Well, we're not better Wait, off. Are, are you saying both of our sakes, Jim Mo, uh, Jim Harbaugh Jim and the Carolina the Panthers? Panthers? Yeah. I thought you meant Lauren and Dimitri. Because for both oh, of our sakes, I hope it does not happen. Well, fair. You too. 